Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas P. Dorian. Yes, sir. And Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. Yeehaw! Yeah, I know, all the yeehaws, and I don't know where that came from. <laughs> well, but you know, I spent that last weekend at the Dude Ranch, and it stuck right. with me. Yes. Yeah. How they, do you, <laughs> the Dude Ranch and also the baking cupcakes that you do on the Dude Ranch. That's pretty cool. On horseback, it was really <laughs> tough. <laughs> I, can, I hope you didn't burn yourself. That being said... Um, you know what? Uh, happy Pentecost, everyone. And you as well. It's uh, it, You know, Pentecost is neat. It is. Well, because, you know, so often we, we experience the liturgical seasons, and we don't always stop to ponder what's happening in the seasons. Mm-hmm. And we realize something special about Pentecost, which is essentially the idea of the descent of the Holy Spirit. We celebrate the Holy Spirit coming upon the apostles mm-hmm. and Mary. Right, and that this is also many times people will see this uh, traditionally historically as the birthday of the church. That's right. That essentially, the Holy Spirit comes and uh, animates the church mm-hmm. uh, into life, and uh, so beautiful. But we don't. We like we celebrate that every year, but I don't know that we ever really. Uh, I don't know. Stop and think about what's happening. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the descent of the Holy Spirit, we're not just talking about the Holy Spirit descending upon the Apostles and Mary. Mm-hmm. I mean, every year we get another opportunity to celebrate the descent of the Holy Spirit upon ourselves. Right? So coming through the Easter season, right, leading mm-hmm. up to Pentecost, and, and, and we, we sometimes just, we just forget that we have these gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And is that something that uh, we think we could just uh, chit-chat about? Because... I just, I guess, I want to remind folks that we have, like, we have something special about being Catholic, mm. and especially if we understand fully what's going on in all these different liturgical seasons. But let, let's, let's, so let's talk about, like, um, well, I guess there's also something else we could mention, and that is, it seems like a coincidence, but you know, after the Easter season, that's when many bishops choose to confirm all of the various. You know, specifically the eighth graders or whatever grade your diocese will do confirmations. But all the confirmations start lining up, all the various schools. And it's no coincidence. Yeah, so it's not really a coincidence because essentially what you're going to find is that uh, this is a time to celebrate the Holy Spirit. And certainly in confirmation, Mm -hmm. the gifts that come to these uh, young people who are confirmed um, and having just had confirmations literally in some of the converts that come into the church. Right. It's kind of nice to know uh, that the Holy Spirit's not just coming to just those people, but the Holy Spirit is active. That's right. In all of, in, in all of this season, but in, specifically, we just recognize that at Pentecost. And so I was going to talk about the various gifts. Now, many of you sometimes struggle to remember the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, but I do not struggle because of the, the word that I coined that rolls off the tongue. Quackpiffle. Remember, we did a whole we did a whole show on Quackpiffle. We did, and I got a lot, I got a lot of mail from people saying, "Like, I, I'm sorry, I missed that. That's not a real word, is it?" It's like, yes, it's a real word. I made it a real word. It's in the tradition of Vimpschnop from yes. uh, Saved by the Bell. Exactly. Except we're just going to go with Quackpiffle. Yeah, just Quackpiffle, No yes. more tongue twisters for anyone else. But because Quackpiffle, if you look at Quackpiffle, you can if you remember Quackpiffle, 
you can always remember the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, it was one of the uh, one of the extra houses at Hogwarts, you know. So yeah. it makes it easier to remember. <laughs> I think that one didn't make the cut, apparently. <laughs> that didn't make the cut. But Quackpiffle just is, uh, if you look at it, the spelling of it, and obviously everyone knows how to spell Quackpiffle, yeah, which sure. is K-W-U-C-C-P-F-L. Then, th- then, then you can realize that it, it, it stands for knowledge, wisdom, understanding, courage, counsel, piety, and fear of the Lord. Oh, so go. I thought Football League was the last. No, the no, FL. not Football League. I'm just used to that. No, Sorry. No, I, I understand. And some people think that the Holy Spirit has come upon the nation at the beginning of football season <laughs> and remains until the Super Bowl. But that's not the case. It's not the case. Now, I'm sure Holy Spirit's active somewhere in the NFL, and I've seen some players pray or something. But that's not what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit's always active. And th- I guess I just want to remind people uh, who are listening that, you know, you, if you've been baptized... And especially if you've been confirmed, you, you have, have encountered gifts. the Holy Spirit. That's right. Which means that you have these seven gifts. That's right. And these are arrows in your quiver, and they're just sitting there just waiting for you to use them. That's right. Well, it's funny you think you, you say that. How often does an adult find themselves saying, gee, I really need wisdom regarding this really complicated issue and what they're not maybe realizing is they need for those who have already been confirmed they need what they had already received uh when they were in eighth grade at confirmation but they didn't fully and knowingly receive it and put it to use right and sometimes i I think these gifts kind of remain dormant to some degree Mm -hmm. if we don't know they're there now the holy spirit's always active and his promptings, and, and I know that there's like these burning embers, you know, within us, even if we don't fully understand. But if we are fully engaged in the Spirit, amazing things can happen, mm. right? And I know people are probably, you know, praying for wisdom or praying for knowledge or praying for understanding. I mean, I was just at a funeral today, and and I know that people are praying like, I don't understand, God, why you would take, you know, my brother, my husband, uh, my friend, Mm-hmm. It just it didn't seem like it was time. I don't understand. And there's just some great, I, I don't know, consolation knowing uh, that, um, that, that trusting in the Spirit, you, you gain a sense of eternal understanding. You, you gain a sense of, of, of peace, right, that, that consoles you to know that this is God's time. This is God's plan. And I'm part of God's plan. And so I willingly give myself over to that. And that really helps with your understanding. I mean, it helps you to answer the big why questions in life. I'm reminded of the fact that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right, from the Old, Old Testament. And maybe one reason that it lays dormant is a lot of us are walking, living our lives in a way that we're not living in fear of the Lord. You know, we're not really reverencing the fact that he is there and uh, he's trying to be a part of our life and he's set boundaries uh, that he expects us to mind, and uh, he's going to allow us to keep running into those boundaries and uh, learning hard lessons yep. <laughs> until we decide to uh, pay attention to him and stop running into his laws head first. You know, I I, I think that's a, there's some wisdom there. Huh? Hey, bit. see what I did there? It began with a discussion of fear of the Lord. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you know, and again, I, you know, it's funny that uh, there's there's modern sort of versions of all these gifts. And uh, they, they, some people want to replace um, fear of the Lord with wonder and awe. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with wonder and awe. I mean, it's beautiful to wonder and to, but one seems much more passive. The other, fear of the Lord, seems a little more 
intense to me. I, I like that. I like, uh, and I don't mean an unhealthy fear. Mm-mm. Like like my knees are knocking and, and I I don't trust the Lord in some way that I think that he's going to strike me dead. But it's nice to know that I know that he can strike me dead, but he chooses not to. And and he loves me. Um, and to me, that's a healthy fear, to recognize his greatness, right? his awesomeness. Um, and, and I think that a lot of people just, you're right in, in saying that a lot of people don't, they don't fear anymore. Well, I heard a Dominican friar once describe fear of the Lord in terms of, he said, imagine a tree that's uh, planted in the middle of a field. We all know if you just run smack dab into that tree, you're going to hit yourself. It's going to hurt. You, you know, you have a fear of the tree. You're not. Right. You're not. Your knees aren't quaking, thinking oh, it's a bad tree. It's just more. You recognize that's a reality, and you're not going to smack into it. And he said that fear of the Lord is reverencing the fact that there are boundaries that are there, and that there's a sort of a spiritual physics in place. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's recognizing He's God, and we're not. Yeah, <laughs> Amen. That's that's what fear of the Lord is. Now, he obviously that that Dominican fire never saw that movie Poltergeist, you know, with that tree that kind of wanted to kill people. You know, yeah, uh, that little kid. You know, so there's um, that, but. But but an unhealthy fear like that, like the, you you don't fear the trees. I mean, you, you, that's a but but you would fear butting your head against a solid object like that. So yeah, there's some there's some wisdom there as well. So like these other gifts, I, I want to chat about some of these and how we can use them in our everyday life. I think some of them make like common sense, mm-hmm. courage, mm-hmm. right? Another version of that is fortitude. But you know, just having the courage. But if you stop and think about it. We're given that gift, but how few people use the gift of courage? I mean, we're, we're talking about the sort of the national stage now and, and the, the abortion debate, the abortion discussion that's out there, and all the heinous uh, laws that have passed in, in some regards, and how some, some beautiful laws are trying to be passed, you know, heartbeat you know, legislation, things like that, and this, this battle that's going on in our legislatures uh, and, and the discussions uh, across the nation and it requires a little courage to stand up and let your voice be heard. Mm-hmm. I think I think I think the majority of people are are not in favor, especially late term abortion. I think you're right, but I don't know that we hear enough. I don't mean screaming and wailing and gnashing of teeth. I don't mean uh, what some uh, unsavory politicians might have done, you know, it, it, to peaceful protesters, uh, you know, praying the rosary in front of an abortion clinic. But what I do mean is the fact that someone is willing to stand in front of an abortion clinic, come what may, and just pray silently a rosary. Mm-hmm. That takes courage. It does. I heard a, uh, a priest, Father uh, James Shea, once say that. The root word of courage is core, which means heart, and that to have courage is to see with the heart, you know, to see a pregnant woman and see that she, see her and her personhood, but also see the the personhood of the child within her uh, and, and and to walk and act in accordance with what your heart sees, honoring and defending That's beautiful. what you see. Yeah, that exactly. Is. Well, we need more courage. Uh, and I think the truth will prevail more rapidly, we'll just say it that way, with, with courage and our use of courage and our participation uh, in that national debate on amongst a, 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 a myriad of issues. Mm-hmm. It's not just about abortion. There's all kinds of the culture of life requires a lot of courage. So uh, we're talking to uh, Ziggy and Tom about 
quakpiful, these the gifts of the Spirit that come to us at Pentecost, uh, and how beautiful that is. Uh, and we're going to we have more we have more uh, letters from quakpiful that we need to uh, that we need to investigate. And we'll do that when we get back on the other side of this break. Before we take that break, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com, and. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, also on Twitter. Tweeter. Tweeter. And yeah. like and share our posts and comment on them. And Sounds good. And send me an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com, and we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Even though you may diligently search the scriptures, you will not find the word Trinity there. Much like many other doctrines like purgatory, the Holy Trinity can be best understood in light of a combination of sacred tradition alongside sacred scripture. There is a very old and interesting tradition concerning the teaching of the Trinity, usually attributed to St. Patrick, a bishop of Ireland. When St. Patrick arrived in Ireland as a priest, the Emerald Isle was predominantly pagan, and there was a well-established practice of polytheism, the worship of multiple gods. St. Patrick made it his personal goal to win the island over to the one true God and his one church. At great personal risk, he fought tirelessly in this holy endeavor. A particular stumbling block for many of the polytheists was the Catholic understanding of the Holy Trinity. How can you say that you worship one God, but pray to three, they would ask. St. Patrick is said to have used a very novel and successful illustration to help them understand the Trinity. Perhaps he got this idea from reading St. Paul's letter to the Romans. In chapter 1, verse 20, Paul says, Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, have been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. Legend has it St. Patrick displayed a piece of shamrock, a three-leafed variety of clover common to the area. He asked those to whom he was ministering, Is this one leaf or is it three? After a thoughtful pause, they would reply, It is both one leaf and three. St. Patrick would simply say, And so it is with God. The use of the shamrock to better illustrate the Holy Trinity, one God and three persons, is still used today and serves as a wonderful starting point for discussions about the Trinity and its place as a foundational doctrine of the faith. St. Patrick was very effective as a Catholic missionary in Ireland. He personally welcomed thousands into the church through the sacrament of baptism. He ordained hundreds of Irish Catholic priests, set up many churches throughout the country, and founded many monasteries all of which kept the fires of faith burning in Ireland for years to come. Though he was not Irish himself, the people of the Emerald Isle have taken him as their own, making him the patron saint of Ireland. His feast day is March 17th. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Ziggy and Tom, and we're talking about Quackpiffle. Yeah. Well, that's a very recent diagnosis. That's exactly, exactly <laughs> right. I will say that... Uh, I did Quack- a search during the break. It doesn't show up. Well, you just haven't searched 
correctly. Haven't looked hard enough. Yeah, you haven't looked hard enough. <laughs> okay. Um, if you I'm also sure I misspelled it. <laughs> if you also search Pepto Bismol at the same time, it'll it'll bring something back for you. All right. So, Kirk sure. Piffle. So we we have talked a little bit about wisdom. We've talked a little bit about uh, courage or fortitude. We've talked about fear of the Lord. Um, and so well, let's talk about some of these other gifts that I think sometimes people don't really spend a lot of time realizing they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially this concept of how often we um, are looking for the gifts of the Spirit. We're looking for peace. We're looking for consolation. We're looking for uh, just to, you know, to have a hand, to, you know, to be to be better, right? To be um, uh, happy and to live a fulfilled life. It's kind of like we're looking for the lottery, but imagine if you have already won the lottery. It's been deposited in a bank, and it's sitting there, and you've been given a debit card, and you can use it at your discretion. And you're like, someone says, hey, uh, let's go out and eat. I don't know how many money. You got that debit card? I never found out the pin. You know, I just, I don't know how to, I don't know. Uh, you know what, let's just not eat. And and so this is what's like to have this lottery win of of the Holy Spirit. And that's renewed. I mean, in our in our minds, it's renewed at Pentecost. This the idea that the Holy Spirit comes upon the church and, and animates, breathes life into the church. We need to realize that we have that. So if we're searching for knowledge, right? And and this is interesting because a lot of people think knowledge means you know the Encyclopedia Britannica. And I'm showing my age when I say that. All of us, you know, no, maybe not Sam. Um, you know, Tom, you and I both had, we'd had to do reports. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had to do Encyclopedia Britannica, yeah. Well, that's because your family was behind the times. By then, everyone had already started Googling everything, and the kids don't even know what I'm this many. The the audience at home doesn't know I'm holding up my two hands. Yes, (laughs) I'm this many. Exactly exactly right. Uh, So, so, uh, you know, know, the folks, uh, you know, this, this knowledge is not that kind of knowledge. It's not a passing knowledge. It's it's more of an intimate knowledge of Jesus and having a relationship with him. In the way the Bible uses knowledge, remember Adam knew Eve mm-hmm. and a baby was born. I mean it it's, it, it bespeaks intimacy, intimacy right. right? And so when when Jesus knows us and we know him, then there is fruitfulness. There is there is a, the breath of life within us. Uh, and we have a relationship. So if he knows us, that's a relationship, an intimate relationship. And that's given to us at our confirmation. It's given to us when we receive the Holy Spirit at baptism. And certainly every Pentecost, we're reminded that we have that gift of knowledge. And that really will inform everything that we do going forward, knowing that you have a relationship with Jesus. I I remember as simply as this, you know, I remember one time I was given a beautiful uh, golden crucifix to wear around my neck. Uh, And when I wore that crucifix, it reminded me that even in my sinfulness, that Jesus was always with me, hmm. right? And so this knowledge of Jesus, this this relationship of Jesus, that he's always with you mm-hmm. and in the forefront. And if we keep that in, in the forefront of our minds and our hearts, the knowledge of him, it, it, it sort of changes the landscape. Mm-hmm. It changes the possibilities. How we value the things of the earth and what we see, you know, understanding their true value in light of the fact that we've been loved into existence by mm-hmm. Almighty God, who's utterly un- unconquerable <laughs> uncreated how beautiful that is i mean again it's like our relationship with eternity mm-hmm. and we are so temporal and we are so finite and we are we are always obsessed with the here and the now and the you know what how much do i have what's my total up to 
oh, you know, what are my debts? What are my, you know, you start, and we think, we don't think eternally, but if we have the knowledge of Jesus, we have the knowledge of the eternal. Mm-hmm. And again, that really helps inform our day-to-day actions. Our, and like you say, our responses to the things of, of the, the created world, how we view nature, how we view each other, how we view our bodies and others' bodies, how we view animals, how we view the rocks and the trees, you know, all these things, uh, it changes the, our perspective when we have a knowledge of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Tom's hair. <laughs> Amen. Now, that's the next one, which is understanding. <laughs> Just understanding, knowing why, why Tom gets the good hair. Right, you know, and all kidding aside, understanding is another one of those gifts that I think a lot of people, you know, we we want we want we want understanding, and a lot of times we don't realize we're even clamoring for it. But it's really just the answers to the question, the big question: why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having a big picture, a big view, an overview of everything, because if we, you know, we get bound up in like little details, we get lost, right? We get we get plagued by all the little nitpicky things. But when you look at the big picture items, when you're looking at like, why do I exist? Who who am I? Whose am I? Who is God? These big questions. There's a gift that comes, and these work together. So knowledge and wisdom work together with understanding to answer the question why and to give us peace. We we go through the world without peace. So many of us do, right? There's so many tears. There's so many. There's so much upsetness in the world. There's so much anger and bitterness and uneasiness. There's so much disparity. And yet, if we just remember we have that gift, mm-hmm. I mean, it changes everything. It changes the, our view of the nightly news, mm. right? And how desperately we need some sense of peace after all this, right? Yeah. Well, right. God doesn't will the, uh, the bad stuff, but he permits it. Yeah. And having an understanding as to these things in our world that we would we we would think, gosh, if I was almighty and I had perfect power, I know I would say I would not permit this and I would not permit that. But we're not in that position. And having that understanding, like Tom was saying at the beginning, that he's God and we're not. Right. And we don't have the perspective that he has. You're right. You're right. And that understanding is is uh, is, is pivotal and key in, in like being able to grapple with those kinds of questions. Right, and that's one of the things why we Catholics love to use the word mystery. Mm-hmm. I was at the funeral again today, and the mystery of suffering. We don't fully, you know, we can't reason why suffering is important. I mean, we can come up with some ideas and some thoughts, right? But that full understanding, if we just trust God, right, then 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 there's a uh, an answer to that why because God permits it, and God is going to make me better through it. It just it changes the perspective, so it's no longer raising my fist to God, but raising open hands. And if we all had Tom's hair, it would, <laughs> at that point it would just be hair. It wouldn't. Be, <laughs> we wouldn't have any real appreciation for what makes it so it's unique true. and special. You, you are right. You are right. So this. Uh, so no, you're not. <laughs> Tom's not going to sit not for this. Right. The cool and thing is you. The cool thing is if Tom were to put, to pummel you right now, if he was to bring the fear of the Lord upon you right now, uh, if he went Old Testament on you, he you know his hair would not even move. <laughs> it would not even move. All right, look. So let's let's go through the quackpiffle. You know, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and we talked about courage. Uh, another one is counsel. The other C. There's two C's in quackpiffle, as we all know. Right? There's two C's there. So courage. And then counsel. 
And counsel, another way of saying counsel and the um, other linguistics uh, are right judgment. Mm-hmm. So being able to make the choices mm-hmm. and to advise those and yourself and to receive good counsel, to be able to make choices. Our world comes down to ultimately choices. I mean, God said there are two ways, life and death. Choose life, right? There's a choice, right? And even our separated brothers and sisters, you know, make a choice for Jesus as we do, certainly as Catholics at our baptism or through uh, the intercessory prayers of our of our parents and, and, and that. And so it's like there, there are choices every day between good and evil, between... Right. Uh, between God and not God, mm-hmm. right? And so we're given the gift to be able to make those choices. And how often do we walk into battle, you know, stark naked, right, with no protection, with no, you know, arrows in our quiver, with no nothing but, you know, I guess I'm going to go into battle now. You know, that's not a way to go into battle. And isn't isn't it the uh, kind of the lie of our modern modern culture to try to? create a false equivalency between any two paths and say oh no no it would every every uh, choice is is equally valid and there is no you know what's important is the freedom itself as opposed to there actually being right counsel to say no this is the the the, the correct path this is the path of this is the narrow path the path of calvary the path and of the i Lord. would i would agree and say that the world right now desperately needs then we need a little more black and white. We need a little more right and wrong. We need to, there is something that is that is wrong, and there is something that is right. You know, and understanding that comes from the Holy Spirit it starts with the fear of the Lord. Remember, mm-hmm. you know, welcome the Spirit into your life. And so, this last one, the the P of Quakpethel, uh, is uh, is piety. And so, this this piety doesn't make you holy, but is it is a desire or an attraction to holiness, right? For those who don't like to go to church. Those who don't like to read scripture, those who don't want to listen to a holy podcast like the Catholic Cafe, those who don't look at Tom's hair, you know, and don't want to, you know. But but this desire for God comes to us as a gift of the Spirit, piety, you know, and that's that's not to be understated because that's something that is powerful. And so we look at Quakpethel and we look at Pentecost and realize that this is an opportunity for every one of our listeners to sort of just re-up with the Spirit, reinvest, re-recommit yourselves to accept the Holy Spirit, to have the Holy Spirit present in your life, and realize it to shine a light, literally to inflame those seven gifts that you've been given in baptism and confirmation. And again, at Pentecost, we're reminded of these beautiful gifts. Amen. Amen. All right, it's a new Pentecost out there. All right, so let's ask the Blessed Mother to intercede on our behalf. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now now at the hour hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Our Lady of Quakpiffle, pray Pray for for us. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.